Welcome to another episode of Fill in the Blank Podcast. I'm here with Corey Armbrecht. Nice to meet you. So, well, we've met multiple times, no, or have we, in this alternate reality. Ooh, so we just gave a hint to the concept <laughs> of what this podcast is about. Corey, what do you know about the B-theory of time? Uh, is that the one that well, relies what, on the past What comes heavily? into your mind when I say the B-theory of time? The A theory first. Exactly. And then what comes after <laughs> no, I what don't comes know. after B? Nothing comes to mind. Nothing comes after B? C. Mm. Cat. What comes to your mind? Benny the Bear. What comes to your mind? When I say, when I say B theory of time? Yes. I think it's like it's it's a good timeline or a good time thing, but it's not the best. Like you want the A. Like this is the kid that like maybe you missed a couple assignments and it's got the, the B theory. It's the branch. It's, yeah, it's a spinoff. Cool. Right. Fill in the blank. Well, here we go. The B-theory of time is a name given to one of two positions regarding philosophy of time. B-theorists argue that the flow of time is an illusion, that the past, present, and future are equally real, and that time is tenseless. This would mean that temporal becoming is not an objective feature of reality. B-theory is often drawn upon in theoretical physics and in theories such as eternalism. So let's talk about the origin of B-theory of time. The labels A-theory and B-theory, first coined by Richard Gale in 1966, are derived from the analysis of time and change developed by Cambridge philosopher J. M. E. McTaggart in The Unreality of Time, 1908 in which events are ordered via a tensed A-series or a tenseless B-series. It is properly assumed that the A-theory represents time like an A-series, while the B-series represents time like a B-series. The terms A and B-theory are sometimes used as synonyms to the terms presentism and eternalism. But arguably, presentism does not represent time being like an A-series since it denies that there is a future and past in which events can be located. That was a lot of information. Okay, so what would you get out of that? So the whole idea, I guess, presentism being what the A-reality that we're in now, I guess, is the theory that it's, it's, it's about being in the moment or being in the present. That... <clears throat> Everything is kind of happening now. It's not told or in, you know what I mean? But then when you look at B theory and it's eternalism, that life is eternal or the theory of time is eternal. So it, there is no past, present, or future. They're all conceptualized into one. But how does that really work? Like the whole idea of tenselessness, I don't understand. I mean... I understand the idea of tenselessness, but how would that really work in the concept? In well, the we're going to get time? farther down into it. It's just going to explain the origins to us first. So events or times, McTaggart observed, may be categorized in two distinct but related ways. On the one hand, they can be characterized as past, present, or future, normally indicated in natural languages such as English by the verbal inflection of tenses or auxiliary adverbal modifiers, or alternatively, events may be described as earlier than, simultaneous with, or later than others. Philosophers are divided as to whether the tensed or tenseless mode of expressing temporal fact is fundamental. Some philosophers have criticized hybrid theories where one holds a tenseless view of time but asserts that the present has special properties as falling foul of McTaggart's paradox. For a thorough discussion of McTaggart's paradox, and then it gives off a read of a book that came out in 2016, which is a, de a debate between the A-theorist and B-theorist, is a continuation of metaphysical dispute reaching back to the ancient Greek philosophers Hercytiles and Paramedes. Oh, Par Paramedes, yeah. Paramedes thought that reality is tenseless and unchanging. Hereticies thought in contrast, believe that the world is a process of ceaseless change or flux. Reality for Hercules is a dynamic and empirical indeed. The world is so fleeting, according to Hercules, that it is impossible to step twice into the same river. 
So the whole idea, I guess, you would get out of I'm that. With the latter guy, her you said her secules. Her secules yeah, is I'm the with, one that believes. with him. So you believe constant in constant state of change. You believe plus. in a theory. That's the a theory is that okay. there's there's a constant change. Like you can't you can't repeat the same acts, I guess, or the same destiny, more than once. Okay, maybe I don't believe that. I mean, uh, the concept of B reality is that the same thing could happen multiple times over and over and over and over again. Like you can keep repeating the same thing over and in a bunch of different realities. Like it's the whole fact that life is, is that it, what, life is ever. I don't know if that's what I got out of what you just read though. Like I, I have a hard time actually grasping what they're trying to say with it being tenseless. Like I can accept that like past, present and future are all, you know, on equal grounds or whatever. And maybe there's no actual difference between any of them. They all just exist. But you know, we don't actually work outside of the framework of time. <laughs> I mean, even though it's a relative term, you know what I mean. I'm I'm trying to I'm trying to decipher this myself too because it is a little bit difficult to understand. I mean, this is what happens when we we when we try and reach levels that are a little bit above our heads, at mm -hmm. least an Elon Musk type of way of thinking. Well, gets us jumping at least. I mean, according to the B theory of time, the present it is not metaphysically distinguished in any way from past and future times, just as there is nothing metaphysically special about it. Okay, okay, that I can agree with. There's nothing special about it. Does that does that mean present, past, and future are just words? They're not actual things. Like it's all in a constant state. I could I could see that. There, you know, there are there are Indian tribes that don't have tense to their words. They don't talk about, like, they don't really talk about, you know, yesterday and tomorrow. So the B-theorist maintains that there is nothing metaphysically special about the present moment as opposed to, say, the year 1847 or 2157. Some B-theorists deny that time really flows or passes, while others argue that passage can be accommodated with a framework where all times are metaphysically on par. The A-theory yes. of time, in contrast, maintains that the present is metaphysically privileged in some way and the properties of being past and being present and being future are fundamental to the nature of time. But the, that's as experienced by us. So... That's, yeah, I mean, that's a lot to take in, man. Holy crap. That's as experienced by us, though. So I agree that it's not special. I mean, which one do you believe in most likely to, the B theory or the A theory? Because, there, I mean, the, the real difference, whether or not time is tensed or tenseless, a theory is tense in the sense that if one were to say that I am in the middle of training, the statement depends on the temporal perspective, namely the present. Correct. It's very relative. So A theory, there is a real difference between past, present, and future. These are real objective features of reality. Right now, the present is all that exists, a view known as presentism, whereas the past no longer exists and the future is still yet to exist and is based on potentiality. It's mm -hmm. not fixed or and determine it like the past which plan is that that's that's plan a okay so philosopher ted sider explains There's that presentism is the doctrine that only the present is real on a theory temporal becoming is a core feature which means that things okay. and events come into being and go out of being for example a past historical event, such as Caesar crossing the Rubicon with his army, has already occurred and receded into the past, mm -hmm. hence no longer exists. Philosopher Jonathan Talent, though not an advocate for presentism, explains the general idea postulated by the present presentist is like, when I wave my hand, I destroy what used to exist and make something new thing come into existence. On this view, the past and future only exist subjectively, whereas only the present exists objectively outside of our minds. Though B-theory has a large number of advocates among physicists and philosophers, A-theory is what would seem to prima factuate, justified, and a truthfully be the obvious scenario. So the idea that what I just did with my hand where I moved it across the side or I just pointed at you, 
that's now in the past. That's a, that's a thing that happened. That's now that's not no longer happening anymore unless I keep pointing at you. Mm -hmm. But then that's a constant state of being present because I'm presently pointing at you. That's happening. That is that is the present. Mm -hmm. That I believe yeah. more than I think what the, what B theory is. Alternatively, a B theory, also known as the tenseless or static theory of time, says that there isn't a difference between past, present, and future, and that they're all equally real, a view referred to as eternalism. Okay, I agree with that too. It's just we have we live in the framework of, of having temporality. Is temporality the word? Where you did something, you're doing something, you're going to do something. That's a theory. No, I'm saying I'm saying both. I believe that all are equal, but we require the relative terms to justify tense. what happened. Yeah, of tense to work in the framework of of life. I do believe that there's a, there is no difference, and they all are equal, and they're all they all exist. It's not like they stop existing; like it happened, and so now it's always there. And technically, I feel like it already had been. You know what I'm saying? I so do. I'm almost like in between them a little bit. So, for example, with B theory, something that has occurred in one's past is still real, and it hasn't simply just gone out of existence. Yeah. On this view, both Plato and tomorrow's events exist right now, even though they are not in the same space-time vicinity. And even though one cannot interact or see them, so the future, too, is just as real as the present. Yes. Thus, according to the B-theorist, that we perceive a continuum such as past, present, and future is ultimately an illusion of human consciousness. Okay, then I'm a B-theorist, then. So you're a B-theorist? Yeah. Temporal being does not exist on such a view as things, and even do not come in and out of existence. There is no flow of time or passing of time. For example, one's birth is not receding into the past and becoming ever more past. Philosopher William Craig is a critical of B-theory, saying that A-theory accords with our experience of time. We all experience the presentness of time, and I see absolutely no reason to think that is a gigantic delusion that has been foisted upon us. I see no reason to think this is illusionary. So, however many reject a-theory and presentalism in favor of eternalism, because they argue the former is in conflict with Einstein's special and general theory of relativity, um, whereas eternalism agrees with it. According to Dean Rickles, a philosopher of science, the consensus among philosophers seems to be that special and general relativity are incompatible with presentism, which says talent is the biggie and a sizable weakness. What is argued is that the theory of special and general relativity shows convincingly that there is no such thing as an absolute simultaneous entity. An important requirement for A-theory, the relatively assimilating tendency, says that viewers in different frames of reference can potentially have different perceptions of events and whether or not those events occurred at the same time or at different times. It is argued that it is impossible to determine an absolute sense that two distinct events occur at the same time if those events are separated in space. Nonetheless, many philosophers who argue that A-theory is not only in opposition to special and general relatively, but also, as Taggart saw, contradictory, they still do not deny the reality of time itself. Now, what did you receive out of that? Just their arguments, really, but I guess I'm, I'm more about the eternality of it and... It doesn't just go out of existence and come into existence. Um, it it comes down to human pers human relative perception. So I'm a B theorist. So you're on the fact that that like the universe does not really, in fact, come into being or become actual at the Big Bang. Yep. It just exists tenselessly as a four dimensional space time block that is infinite or finitely extended in the earlier than direction. If time is tenseless, then the universe never really comes into being, and therefore the quest for a cause of its coming into being is misconceived. I like that. So this is then the obvious concern related to the second premise of the argument that says that everything that begins to exist has a cause. 
Philosopher Paul Copin observes that on a beer theory of time, critics of the Kalem cosmological argument argue that the universe does not actually come into being or become actual at the Big Bang. Rather, it just exists tensely as a four-dimensional space-time block, as finitely extended into the earlier-than direction. Otherwise, however, argued that Kalem cosmological argument does not have to involve a commitment to the A theory. So the idea that... Dope. So the idea that... What I'm getting from is that a theory is the fact that there has to be an event that happens mm -hmm. to create a present or create a like we something had to happen start, in the past. We need a big bang. We need something. Yeah, we yeah. need there needs to be an origin to something. Mm -hmm. And then B theory consists of the fact that something does not just come into being; it's always been there. It's just the fact of what made it observable to us and what we perceive that to be is our own human consciousness of thinking. Yes. Am I correct on that? Yeah, I think so. That's what I received from it. Yeah. So, B-theory in metaphysics, it's often described as a dispute, but A-theorists and B-theorists, as a dispute between temporal passage of becoming and progressing. B-theorists argue that the notion and purely psychological, many A-theorists argue, arguing that in rejecting temporal becoming, B-theorists rejected time's most vital and distinctive characteristic. It is common, though not universal, to identify atheist views with belief in temporal passage. Another way to characterize the distinctions revolves around what is known of the principle of temporal parity. So the, the, the thesis that contrary to what appears to be the case, all times really exist in parity. The A theory, and especially presentism, denies that all times exist in parity, while the B theorists insist all times exist in parity. So all B theory, I think I might be more of a B theorist. Because if you think that all times are simultaneously happening at once, they're not just... But does that lead to the concept of, like, there's a... I feel like it's like a hologram, you know, like, it's all there. It's just... Does that mean in a reality right now, it's about 2,000 years behind, like in the past, and it's happening right now as this time is happening right now? That, I would think... Yeah, I think so, and I think, like, the, they're saying human consciousness is experiencing it and putting it into its own tensed Like, framework. there's another world out there that's just 4,000 years behind this one, so, like, there's... Maybe there's a world where Jesus or something is alive right now, and that's all happening right now, but we're in this time right now where we can only see what is happening in front of us because maybe our minds are not developed enough to go back into right. a different time zone or time reality. Yes. What I would say <clears throat> is not just that, though, like, not just, like, you know, a bunch of different parallel ones. I literally think there's, like, there's no difference. Like, there's no, or there's no sectioning between those it's just a gradient so it's just an infinite amount you can consistently divide so like you're you know there's this time that's 5,000 years old and 5,000 years in the future and 5 billion years in the future blah, blah blah and then all the different places I feel like those are infinitely divisible between now and then and all of those are hap exist and when they happen, quote-unquote, we are experiencing them as happening. But they have already happened and always will happen. You know what's really cool about this? Mm. Is the fact that reading this at first, I just thought, oh, B-Theory of Time, that's a cool name. And then I printed it out and then I started reading it. And I was like, what the hell am I reading? And then actually kind of diving into it more and having another person to kind of shoot back and yeah. forth and be able to criticize myself and think mm -hmm. about my own thoughts. Now you're like, I'm a B-theorist. Well, now it's like I'm open to it now because I understand it now. I feel like I'm Elon Musk. I just like, <laughs> I randomly became smarter. But the whole fact that I, I think like, does that bring out the concept of space travel or time travel? Because if you think... Are we really traveling back in time? That's more of an A theory type thinking when the B theory of time is maybe we're just going into another dimension where there's this other timeline or alternate reality that's happening a thousand years in the past. Well, you're getting into alternate realities versus just timelines, right? So don't cross two wires. So instead of time traveling forward into the future and thinking of it like that, is it just we're entering another timeline? Where it's like, doing another, yeah, it's one that's still either regressed behind us in the A theory, or B the or um forward. That's how the A theory thing. I, I don't think I don't see, think A theorists. I, I don't think A theorists see with A theorists. 
time travel is a little harder, I feel like, because being a theorist would be easier because it all the events always exist, right? So you could always rewind or go back to any 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 time because they're always in existence and they've always been done. Well, with most... But, well, hang on, but with A-theory, it's, it's you were born, you know, the... the uh, I don't know. It's it's the back to the, the future this time This war did thing. happen. All that stuff is over. So for like a... For like a, a theorist, I feel like it's a slightly harder thing to like reason about time travel because those events have happened already, and it's almost like you're undoing things versus. But that's the whole idea of time travel in every movie and TV show. That's why they call it the butterfly effect. Like if we go back in time and talk to myself from back then, before I knew there was time travel, then it would mess up future events to happening. That's all a theory of thinking. Okay, so I would say then. B theory time travel is essentially more. You're just entering another reality. A new reality versus one. a new time. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. But it's technically a different time. <laughs> well, like it's the whole thing. Yeah. Like, how would you like if I went to the B theory time travel method? Mm-hmm. I could go to another time reality where right now, where me and you are sitting here talking. That means if I enter this other time travel, the B theory way. Right now, the War of 1812 is going on as we're talking right now. Mm-hmm. So in a, in a whole other dimension or something, the War of 1812 is happening right now. It's just events are all constantly existing. There's no future, past, and present. They're all constantly happening at once. Maybe this is, maybe, maybe okay, like in Back to the Future, maybe that's more of an A-theory That's of what time. I said. It's an A-theory of time. Because he's getting erased by events that happened in the past, but if you did Back to the Future in B-theory, he wouldn't be disappearing by the events that he's doing. Exactly, yeah. yeah. He wouldn't be doing the butterfly effect. That's because what he's I was saying. That, that's yeah, what yeah, I was yeah, saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's like, that's really strange to think of it. So mm-hmm. you gotta think, and every time we see time travel or something explained on TV, that's what it is. is mm-hmm. um, it's A-theory. A-theory. It's the fact that there is a present, you know, that has happened. There's no way we can change or not present, but a past that has happened that we cannot change, and the fact that anything we do in the present affects our future, and then anything that we affect in the past could affect the present. Because infinite amounts of possibilities are the difference. Like, next thing you know, you you step on a caterpillar, and the Titanic never sunk, or you step on a, um, mm-hmm. a frog, or, you know, you forget, you, you know, you, you accidentally hurt somebody, and next thing you know, Stevie Wonder can see. Like, it's... Causality. Whole, yeah. The object that, like, if you do something, it's going to affect the future. Is that's that's a see that's well, they said potentiality, right? It's it's just a hard, it's 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 it's. I mean, it's cool to see that now time travel. When I look at, it, I don't see Back to the Future as Doc Brown being like Marty. We have to go back or Great Scott. Right. I see it as now that's an A theory of thinking. B theorists are probably more likely nihilists. Like it doesn't matter. Like everything's existing. Now. Yeah, everything's like. Like, it doesn't matter how you think you're changing the future, because A-theorists think you can affect the future, and B-theorists think it doesn't really matter, because it's already there. Dude, I'm getting obsessed with time travel now, man. Well, let me know when you build your time machine. Have you seen that movie, Time Machine, with um, Guy Pierce? No, I have to look it up now that you said it. Well, B-theorists such as D.H. Meller and J.J. or J.J.C. Smart wish to eliminate all talk of past and present and future in favor of a tenseless ordering of events, believing the past, present, and future to be equally real, opposing the idea that there are irreducible foundations of temporality. B-theorists also argue that the past, present, and future feature very differently in deliberation and reflection. For example, we remember the past and anticipate the future, but not vice versa. B-theorists maintain that the fact that we know much less about the future simply reflects an epistemological difference between the future and the past. The future is no less real than the past. We just know less about it. Mm-hmm. That's a cool way of thinking, man. I like the B-theorists, I think. That's B-theory in metaphysics. Yeah. Now, what about the B-theory in theoretical physics? 
So the B theory of time has received support from the physics community. This is likely due to its compatibility with the physics and the fact that many theories such as special relativity, the ADD model, and brain cosmology point to a theory of time similar to B theory. In special relativity, the relativity of simultaneously shows that there is no unique present and that each point in the universe can have a different set of events that are in its present moment. So many of special relativities now proven counterintuitive predictions such as length contraction and time dilation are a result of this. Relativity of simultaneously is often taken to imply eternalism and hence a B-theory of time, where the present for different observers is a time slice of the four-dimensional universe. This is demonstrated in, I do not know how to say that, but Putnam's argument, and additionally in an advanced form of this argument called the Andromeda Paradox, created by mathematical physicist Roger Penrose. It is therefore common, though not universal, for B-theorists to be four-dimensionalist, that is to believe that the objects are extended in time as well as in space, and therefore have temporal as well as spatial parts. This is sometimes called a time-slice ontology. Okay. I do believe that... Um, see, it's hard to think out of A-theory because I think we've all been influenced on A-theory so much. But my philosophical changes in life, I think, have led me more to believe that just everything that already has happened will happen. So that's A theory. No, B theory. I'm saying, I'm saying, I was, like you just said, I was raised on more A theory, but changes in my life philosophically have led me to be more of a B theorist. So the fact that there is still a you out there in another reality that is dealing with, um, being a child again, living in his home and just reliving, the, or not reliving, but living those moments that you've, as this in reality, have already experienced. Mm -hmm. We should make a movie about this. Very fun. And then we can make a movie of us we thinking about making a movie. Yeah, in a reality, we already <laughs> have made the movie. That's our future. That depends on if we do it or not, though, right? Yeah, I'll... Because that's like saying possible right. outcomes, and All then right. it's like that's that that links it back to a theory. This would be interesting. All right, so like let's say for a second, like what certain gurus and yogis and Buddhists talk about with meditation and going deep and all sorts of stuff. Like, what if you were able to sort of like detach like you were able to wake up in this reality right like in your body and know know your place in this reality but be able to choose another reality like you're essentially you've you've built a muscle or something your consciousness that is perceiving things relative relative yeah relatively right like time like we're saying plant uh B theorists have all this, have this idea that everything's already existing, whatever, all these different possibilities. So, like, what if you, but it's also just perceived through human consciousness. So, what if we were able to train our human consciousness enough to kind of not latch onto this reality so hard, like we do, and like to kind of let go and surf around in, in other, all sorts of alternate realities? Like, that's straight up sick. That's some god, god shit right there. Like, like just being able to kind of, like, surf around and be like, I don't like this, like, I want, to like, a different reality to happen. I'm just going to go to that one. It's, you know what I mean? It doesn't... See, the, the problem is, when you look at what most oh, people are going really to... Like when most people... No, I like that. I liked it. But the, the fact that the most people are going to be A-theory type thinking because a lot of people are not as open-minded. It's hard to believe that there's a bunch of constant realities happening unless you're open-minded like some people are. Mm -hmm. But if you think about what would attract more people, that's why A-theory is A-theory because it's the first one because it's the whole idea that that's the one that most people are attracted to. Most people don't want to believe that their future is... De is already predetermined right. or already happened. They want to They're believe that they have a way to change it. They yeah. have a way that you want to feel in control of your life. Right. 
You don't want to move, like, <laughs> just cookie cutter of an infinite amount of cookies. Like, you want to be that one. I definitely agree with you when you said nihilism seems like a be theirs type thing because the, the idea that they don't really care about anything because everything's already happened and something yeah. like that, that's a better way of thinking of it. Like, But it would be cool to think that right now, like, while this reality is happening in another reality, it's me back, you know, experiencing those gaming nights I used to experience as a little kid, and, you know, eating peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. That's a cool, like, where we get back into our comfortable zone or our nice little memories. Maybe that's what memories are, is us leaking back into a separate reality or a different reality. Especially when we distort our memories. You know how easy that is to do, where you're Ooh. like, you remember something some way, and somebody's like, dude, no, you said this, or like... You actually did this and this and this, and then other people validate that, and you're like, oh, I kind of remembered it different, you know? Or maybe you change the thing by going back into the memory or remembering it, and you go back into your memory and you change it. They don't remember that because they're already in the being that doesn't get affected by the butterfly effect. You heard of the Mandela effect? I have heard of the Mandela Have you? Isn't it the thing like um, where there are people talk about, it's um, also known as like, false memory where they talk about like you remember something that actually never happened like there's certain events and stuff that have happened that we remember but it's actually never happened right. it's like people remember that wrong like um in star wars where he says luke i am your father it's just i am your father it's not luke oh okay and then everyone remembers c-3po as being all gold mm. he has a silver leg if you go back and watch it, he has a silver leg. And actually, most toys get it wrong. They give them all gold. It's Yeah, that's one of the things that actually has a silver leg. He's, his lower right part of his leg from his knee down is silver. Because huh. they had to rebuild him. I actually looked this up because I have an article on false memory. Funny. Yeah, yeah. So that's like, I wonder if there's like, you know, it, it's I could totally see shifts in reality happening all the time. Just like there's gravitational waves and everything deals with waves and that just means something's fluctuating as a crest in a trough you know so like i feel like even though we're in our time we're perceiving it relatively to our relatively to us but like i feel like the mandela effect if it was an actual thing i could totally buy into that in the sense of like things that Things might have actually happened, but because of, like, that wave of the reality that we're in, we're kind of shifting in and out of all sorts of other ones, you know, a little bit, you know? You get what I'm saying? I do get what you're so, saying. So it's like, I feel like that could be, I feel like I could buy that, the whole Mandela effect under the guise of, like, fluctuations just in the wave that we're riding, the one reality wave that we're writing. The whole thing about this just being skeptical is the fact that we don't fully understand time as it is. We think we know what it is, but what's the true? If there's all these different theories, there's all these different people that have different thoughts on it. So it's mm -hmm. hard to think of what the concept of reality or time really is when we fully don't understand it ourselves. We just have our own thoughts on it. So let's talk about the opposition to B-theory. In Presentism and the Space-Time Manifold, Dean Zimmerman noticed, notes that A-theory is almost certainly a minority view among philosophers, while B-theory has achieved broad acceptance, despite that there is, or, or there is still a number of philosophers who maintain opposition for B-theory. I think because we're so programmed to having the relatively thought of A-theory. Mm -hmm. about there being a past, present, and future. That's the whole thing of ghost of Christmas present, you know, ghost of Christmas past, ghost of Christmas future. So let's talk about the irreducibility of tense. Earlier B-theorists argued that one could paraphrase tense sentences such as the sun is now shining into tenseless sentences such as on September 28th the sun shines without loss of meaning. Later, B-theorists argued that tenseless sentences could give the truth conditions of tense sentences or their tokens. Quinton Smith states that now cannot be reduced to descriptions of dates and times because all date and time descriptions and therefore truth conditionals are relative to certain events. Tense sentences, on the other hand, do not have such truth conditionals. The B-theorists could argue that now is reducible to a token reflexive phrase such as simultaneous with this utterance. 
Yetz, are you eating a pixie stick? Mm-hmm. Where'd you find... Oh, in the jar. For some reason, everyone, I have a jar of pixie sticks in my podcast room. I don't know why. I think I bought those like two years ago, so I hope they're not expired. Getting a sugar overload. So, you need sugar to kind of wake up to this. So, the statement, I am not uttering anything simultaneous with this utterance, is self-contradictory and cannot be true even when one thinks the statement. That's by August 2017. Yeah, that's two years expired. You're still eating that pixie stick. Is it, or is that a relative way of thinking that that's the that's the past? <laughs> I just psyched you out with a pixie stick, yo. <coughs> mm. Those those guys were atheists who developed pixie sticks. If they anybody develops a food thing that has a food label, Anyone so that if you says think about that, rot, they are an atheist. So rot, if you're a B theorist, that means you do gotta start digging in the trash can. That food's not expired; it's right. in the moment. It's all good. Exactly. So I mean, by the definition of, of of a token reflexive, Quentin Smith claims that current proponents of the B theory argue that inability to translate tense sentences into tenseless sentences does not prove the A theory of time. It still sounded like a tense. I get what they're saying about exactly what they're saying about tense, but like they still said on this date the sun shines, and I'm like, okay, but you still put a time on it, even though you're not saying necessarily using tense you are still kind of tensifying it whatever that's what some later b theorists argue that tense and sentences could not give the truth conditions of tense sentences on their tokens the whole idea you can't put a date on something if it's supposed to be everything's eternalism so noted logician and philosopher Arthur Pryor, originator of tense logic, has also drawn a distinction between what he calls A-facts and B-facts. The latter are facts about tenseless relations, such as the fact that the year 2025 is 25 years later. So this article obviously came out in 2000, then um, later than the year 2000. The former are tense facts, such as the Jurassic Age being in the past or at the end of the universe being in the future. So mm-hmm. Pryor asks the reader to imagine having a headache and after the headache subsides saying, thank goodness that's over. Pryor argues that the B theory cannot make sense of this sentence. It seems bizarre to be thankful that a headache is earlier than one's utterance, any more than being thankful that the headache is later than one's utterance. Mm -hmm. Indeed, most people who say, thank goodness that's over, are not even thinking of their own utterance. Therefore, when people say, thank goodness that's over, they are thankful for an A fact and not a B fact. Yet A facts are only possible on the A theory of time. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that I think we still have to like talk in the A theory. We still so A theories in modern society and everything that we go by. We have to. We have to function in an A theory construct. But I still believe it's all B theory. So the fact that I still want to use my words of tense. You know, I'm going to do something. I did do something. I'm doing something now, but. I still believe that all those things... Well, if you started talking like a B-theorist, nobody would know what the heck you were saying. Right. And there is that... There it, there are those tribal groups that they don't use tents. I wish uh, we had like a video up on that. Well, let's talk about enduritism and prudentialism. So opponents also charge the B-theory with being unable to explain persistence of objects. The two leading explanations for this phenomenon are indenturism and prudentialism. The former states that an object is wholly present at every moment of its existence. The latter states that objects are extended in time and therefore have temporal parts. Hales and Johnson explained enduritism as follows, something is an enduring object only if it is wholly present at each time in which it exists. An object is wholly present at a time if all of its parts coexist at that time. Under enduritism, all objects must exist as wholes at each point in time. However, an object such as a rotting fruit will have the property of being not rotten one day and being rotten on another. On eternalism, the B theory, it seems that one is committed to two conflicting states for the same object. 
the space-time interpretation of relative or relativity adds an additional problem for enduritism. Under the B theory, on the space-time interpretation, an object may appear as a whole at its rest frame. On an irritable frame, however, the same object will have proper parts at different positions and therefore will have different parts at different times. Hence, it will not exist as a whole at any point in time, contradicting the thesis of enduritism. Mm. What did you get out of that? Is yeah, that this, like I like I, I like the idea Enduritism Having things sliced up, it just you know that something wasn't isn't the same as it was. We have to work in that framework. But I still believe like it's all there. Not that it's never wholly there and it's all in slices and this and that. I, I I believe it's all there. It's just in order to like function in our in our existence as we know it, as as at least I perceive it or you perceive it. Um well, you still have to have that slicing. You still have to like think that something isn't the same as it was and it's not going to be the same as it is. So the idea of our or enduritism is the fact that an object has the ability to endure at present time. And the object of, or the, the idea of perdentuism is that an object defined as a collection of spatiotemporal parts, which are defined as pieces of a pender, or a perduring object. If objects have temporal parts, this leads to difficulties. For example, the rotating disus argument asks the reader to imagine a world containing nothing more than a homogeneous spinning disc. Under enduritism, the same disc endures despite that it is rotating. The penduritist supposedly has a difficult time explaining what it means for a disc to have a determinate state of rotation. Temporal parts also seem to act unlike physical, what it means for such a disc to have a determinate state of rotation. So when it, temporal parts also seem to act unlike physical parts, a piece of chalk can be broken into two physical halves, but it seems nonsensical to talk about breaking it into two parts or two temporal halves. That's just difficult to understand. If a piece of chalk can be broken into two physical halves, but it seems nonsensical to talk about breaking it into two temporal halves. Chrisom's arguing that someone who hears the bird called Bob White knows that his experience hearing Bob and his experience of hearing White were not also had by two other things. Each distinct from himself and from each other, the enduritist can explain the experience as there exists an X such as that X hears Bob and then X hears White, but the pendurist cannot give such an account. Peter van Ingven asked the reader to consider desecrates as a four-dimensional object that extends from mm. 1596 to 1650. Mm. If Descartes had lived a much shorter life, he would have had a radically different set of temporal parts. The diminished desecrates, he argues, could not have been the same person on prudentiatism since their temporal extents and parts are so different. What did you get by that? See, I believe the fact that if I had, you know, if I have, two, like, a pencil and I snapped it, I now have two pencils. But the whole idea of prudentialism is it's not that I just snapped it and it became two halves. It's still the one thing. I It's just now, and it's... Kind of the beauty of the paradox, because I feel like we keep going, like, I'm starting to see that we're going, I'm going in between the two a little bit, back and forth. And, like, being able to say, like, the two discus thing. Being able to have, like, deterministic qualities. Be able to say where it's going to go and all that sort of stuff. And how that relates to B-theory of everything's already done. Versus, like, how you can affect the future. I feel like it makes me jump between between the two. 
So why is a theory of time so attractive in the modern society then? Because we could affect this future or something. Go back in time and change our mistakes and fix this one now. But really, it's easier just to jump into the other one that we didn't make the mistake. So consider the contrast of intuitions about God. Uh People often have a strong pre-theoretical intuition about whether God exists. But it's easy to imagine how someone could form a strong emotional attachment to the existence of God in early life. Can emotional significance explain why people have deeply felt intuitions about time? It seems like the nature of time should be emotionally neutral. Now, strong intuitions about emotionally neutral topics aren't so common. For example, we have strong intuitions about how addition behaves for large integers, but usually it seems such intuitions are nearly unanimous and can be attributed to our common biological or cultural heritage. Strong disagreeing intuitions about neutral topics seem rare. Speaking for myself, the B-theory has always seemed just obviously true. I cannot really make coherent sense out of A-theory. If I had never encountered the A-theory, the idea that time might work like that would not have occurred to me. Nonetheless, Mm -hmm. at the risk of being rude, I'm going to speculate about how A-theorists got that way. B-theorists, of course, just followed the evidence. So, intuition one. Um, so this is the idea that the philosophical, the philosophical root of A-theory is the following. If you feel strongly committed to A-theory, maybe you are being pushed into that position by two conflicting intuitions about your own personal identity. So this is the fact of why most people believe that they're are th- that into the A-theory. So intuition one. On the one hand, you have a notion of personal identity according to which you are just whatever is accessible to your self-awareness right now. So, plus maybe whatever metaphysical supporting machinery allows you to have this kind of self-awareness. So the fact that I know what I'm doing right now is in the present. That's an A-theory of thinking. That's an easy way for our minds to wrap around it because it's easy to think this is my identity now. We don't know what my identity is going to be in the future. Will I be president later in the future? I don't know. So, intuition two, on the other hand, you feel that you must identify yourself in some sense with you tomorrow. Otherwise, you can give no rational account for the particular way in which you care about and feel responsible for this particular tomorrow person, as opposed to Britney Spears' tomorrow say. So, but now you have the problem. It seems that if you take this second intuition seriously, then the first intuition implies that the experience of you tomorrow should be accessible to you now. Obviously, this is not the case. You tomorrow will have some particular contents of self-awareness, but those contents aren't accessible to you right now. Indeed, entirely different components completely fill your awareness now. Contents which will not be accessible to you in this direct and immediate way to you that will be tomorrow. So the idea that I don't know what's going to happen two minutes from now. Correct. And I will not know. But the tomorrow me will already know because I would have already experienced it. So to hold on to both intuitions, you must somehow block the interference made in the previous paragraph. One way to do this is to go through the following sequence. Take the first intuition on board without reservation. Take the second intuition on board in a modified way. Identify you now with you tomorrow, but don't stop there. If you left things at this point, the relationship of identity would entail a conduit through which all of your tomorrow awareness should explode into you now, overlaying or crowding out your now awareness. You must somehow forestall this inference so. Deny that you tomorrow exists. At least deny that it exists in the full sense of the word. Thus, metaphorically, you put up a veil of non-existence between you tomorrow and Mm. you now. Mm. The veil of non-existence explains the absence of tomorrow awareness from your present awareness. The tomorrow awareness is absent because you simply don't exist yet. Thus, in step two, you must safely identify you now with you tomorrow. You can go ahead and open the conduit to the future without any fear of what would pour through into the now, because there is simply nothing on the other side. Cool.
So one potential problem with this or psychological explanation is that it doesn't seem to explain the significance of becoming. Some atheists report that a particular basic experience of becoming is the immediate reason for their attachment to a theory. But the story above doesn't really have anything to do with becoming, at least not obviously. Mm -hmm. This is because I can't make heads or tails of becoming. Second intuitions about time, even in their primitive pre-reflective state, are intuitions about everything in time. Yet the story above is exclusively about oneself in time. It seems that it would require something more to pass from intuitions about oneself in time to intuitions of how the entire universe is in time. Man, that's just difficult to understand. I like the idea, was it the veil of non-existence? I really like the idea of it's our own misperceptions or it's our own perceptions that uh, are blocking us from accessing all of the future, all of the past us, or whatever. Well, it brings up to the theory that if X, like to most people, they think that whatever we do now is going to change what happens with X. Like whatever's going to affect our life now is going to affect our future. That's good. That's the whole con. That's a theory. That's the whole concept that some people are um, do, uh, seem to be attached to a theory because they think that B theory takes away their free will by implying right. that what they will choose is already the case right now. Like a nihilist, it doesn't matter. So this might explain the emotional significance of the a theory of time I, for some people. I do have some thought there, though. You know, it just we are experiencing what our limitations are, right? You know, we can only jump so high, we can only do this and that, we can only think so much, we can only stay awake so long because we we are that's our limits, that's our constructs, you know? And there's probably life out there that can do all of these things better, right? But like it's almost like, you know, a computer can only think within its limits. And it can only think within the the state of true and false. You know what I mean? Zero or one. That's what it comes down to anyway. I mean, I think now with the quantum computers, it's a whole bunch of things. But just regular computers as we know them, you know, they have their own limits. They have their own constructs. So it's interesting to think. Are you, so are you on, are you in an agreement with me when I say that I believe that we are kind of influenced and kind of developmentally kind of brought in to believe in A theory, but it's not out of the realm of perspective to believe that there is a B theory that is possible. Yes. I, I, th I feel like I'm a little bit of a, a mix between the two. Me too. Like I see like my mind needs to kind of have the A theory, but then in, in deeper thought, I like to think of B theory as like there's multiple different happenings uh, and we really can't call them happenings. They can just, they're all present. They're all moments experienced. In order to function, I think, in this, we need to have some tents. Or you're going to go batshit crazy and just start rubbing shit on the walls. Right. Well, anybody that wants to look up B-theory and try and decipher that for yourself, it's like the Da Vinci Code, except Tom Hanks doesn't help you out. So <laughs> enjoy listening to that and um, doing a little bit of research on that topic yourself. And thank you, Corey, for taking that journey. Yeah, that or was dope. are we still experiencing it? I already did. B theory, all the way. B, all the way.